Hey there, welcome to Walking Alongside Perspectives, a combination of short monopods as well as some conversations with cool folks covering various topics based on what is going on in the world, focusing on the broader theme of perspectives. As Friedrich Nietzsche said, there are no facts, only interpretations. So let's get into it with this episode. Thanks for being here. Thankfully, the weather improved in time for the holidays, and it was great to be able to get out and walk the dog or shovel the snow without fearing frostbite. It was also nice to see and hear people on the sledding hill. The Argyle sledding hill, though I'm sure the people on the other side of the ravine in Avonmore refer to it as the Avonmore sledding hill, is probably one of the best hills in the city. It isn't the longest or the steepest, but it is perfect for young sledders and more seasoned folks alike. It forms a bowl at the bottom, and when it isn't too busy and the conditions are just right, you can build up enough speed to get at least a third, sometimes halfway, up the other side. That bowl at the bottom makes for a far more pleasurable experience when you're able to get already partway up the other side of the hill because anyone who's gone sledding knows that it is the climbing up that is the least fun part of the activity. Though I like it because I consider it to be part of my aerobic conditioning for the day. You know, two birds with one scone and all that. It's been a couple of years since I've gone sledding, ever since Daphne aged out of me needing to go with them and them deciding that it isn't cool enough anymore, or perhaps because most kids of that age have a preference for staring into a screen than looking at anything resembling real-life nature. When Daphne was really little, Chris bought one of the old-fashioned style sleds with the sides that go up on the little runners with the padded red liner on the inside for Christmas, and we had a lot of fun with that. When Daphne was a baby, we took it with us to Jasper and pulled them around while we snowshoed across lakes or through forests. When they were a little older, we went to a hill in Forest Heights and delighted in watching them sled down the hill until the one run where we thought we should probably record this for posterity, which of course ended up being the time that the sled tipped over and in the playback you hear the giggles of delight, followed by the screeches of dismay and the wailing. Chris and I thought it was kind of hilarious at the time, and fortunately, it didn't scar Daphne because although sledding might have ended for that day, it wasn't long before we were all zipping down the hill again. The other day, I was walking Luna through the ravine and saw these two young lads, I'd say around Daphne's age, on what looked to be ski shoes. They were skis, but only slightly longer than your boot. And they strapped on like snowshoes, and you could mostly walk normally, but on the downhill bits, you could glide down. They looked kind of epic, and I thought that it would be a super fun way to take advantage of the snowpack trails, even though (laughs) I might break a limb in them. It's hard to imagine that those sledding adventures and mishaps are so far in the past already. Daphne is turning 14. Where did the time go? It seems like just yesterday that we moved to Argyle and Daphne was turning seven and enjoying making snow forts and building snow people and going to the park and now it's all YouTube and Discord and diving down all manner of rabbit holes on the internet looking at stuff that seems incredibly inane and frighteningly predictable. Instead of discovering things on their own, it seems they're content to merely listen and terrifying to me believe the nonsense that people put up on the web. When I think about the things that I did when I was 14, it was a lot more going outside and hanging out with friends and taking the bus downtown to Stephen Avenue Mall in Calgary and window shopping or going to the head shops and buying Duran Duran pins or looking for army surplus stuff like MacGyver had or scouring the record shops for whatever looked interesting. I was talking to a neighbor and he suggested that it's because parents these days are too afraid to let their kids do that sort of thing unsupervised, even though it's actually way safer for our kids than back when I was a kid. And so when they're stuck in the house because the parents can't take them somewhere and they're bored in under 15 minutes, the devices that they've been able to use since they could hold a phone are the go-to, so it's kind of our fault. Although I would argue that it isn't my fault as we did try desperately and valiantly to find other ways to keep Daphne's attention on something other than screens, but it seems that it was all in vain. The pull of the devices is too strong and what we have to offer far too inferior to compete with the allure of Pinterest or chatting, and I use the term loosely, online with friends because it's basically texting but on a bigger screen. 
So I don't know what this is all going to translate into over the next few years. The lack of the ability to converse normally, to talk about just the daily stuff in a way that doesn't result in a fight or frustration. I miss the days when it was fun to be a parent. The same neighbor compared kids between the ages of, let's just say birth, to six to maybe eight or even ten years old if you're lucky, to a Tamaguchi. You know those little things that had buttons on them that you had to press when they beeped for whatever reason? He said kids were like those Tamaguchis with five buttons. Hungry, tired and cranky, sad, hurt or injured, and mad. For the most part, there's a solution for each of those five buttons, and as parents, we felt pretty comfortable figuring out what was needed. Hungry? Feed them. Tired and cranky? Time for a nap or bed. Sad? Hugs and cuddles. Hurt? Kiss and a band-aid. Mad? Let them talk it out and acknowledge their feelings. Help them see that maybe it was sometimes not anger, but frustration, fear, loneliness, or whatever. And then maybe throw in a movie and make popcorn and build a sofa fort, and things were good. Looking back from a parenting perspective, it's hard not to miss the easier moments, the being needed and appreciated and the seemingly unconditional love we got from our kids. Maybe it's just me, but it doesn't seem like Chris and I do much of anything right anymore. The love seems wholly conditional, and even then, more in line with a cat and their temperamental, on their terms only, type of affection. I know that their brain is pretty much exactly like that of a toddler right now, being completely remodeled and in the process of that renovation, closed off, and wholly focused on self and self-preservation. I hate it, but I feel for them. It's a crappy world they're navigating right now, and it's hard not to empathize with what must, at times, seem like a giant, insurmountable mess that they are living and figuring out how to navigate and survive in. What's interesting is when Daphne looks back, for some reason all they recall is how childish they were, how they were horrible and dumb. My recollection is wholly different. I remember the loving, kind, determined, spirited child that had boundless energy and endless questions. Someone who came up with the most wonderful stories and was caring and empathetic and sweet. But it can be a bit of a slippery slope though, because it's easy to forget the temperamental moments, the not sleeping, the stubbornness, the strong-willed nature that I told myself at the time would be a great character strength one day. I think that that can be the danger of retrospection writ large. It's all too easy to gloss over the bad, overemphasize the good. We absolutely need to learn from what we have done. What do we want to repeat? What do we want to avoid at all costs? What might have been a great idea, but maybe just the wrong time? How do we salvage the good without looking at it too much through those proverbial rose-colored glasses? How do we keep from making the mistakes of the past, but not throw the baby out with the bathwater? We can't move forward if we're too fixated on the past, but we need to proceed with the wisdom of what we have experienced so that we can continue to improve, do better, be better. And not from the perspective of ceaselessly striving for perfection. That doesn't exist, and it's certainly not healthy. But I'm pretty sure we all can do better. Less wish cycling, and more doing things that reduce the amount that we use in the first place. Less judging, and more acknowledging our weaknesses, and working on ways to improve ourselves. Less doing, and more enjoying less stressing, and more letting go. In all those areas, the end result is that we will be, well, better. Better able to take advantage of days off and weekends. Better able to prioritize the things that will help make memories and not just continuously checking off the to-do list. And while I am all for to-do lists and getting things done, the one thing that I have realized over the last few years is that you really only get one shot at living your best life. And a few things not checked off the to-do list in favor of having had coffee with a friend, or hiking somewhere new with Chris, or doing a puzzle with Daphne, or phoning my dad just to check in, should be a no-brainer. As we rapidly approach the new year and the time that people start thinking about resolutions, I think it would be a good time to reflect on what we would like to be able to look back on at the end of 2023, and say without a moment's hesitation that it was a good year. People lament the last several years because of COVID, and I agree, it could have been better. But I don't think it was all bad. I learned that I loved working at home. I learned that I am capable of learning new things and making them work in ways that help me do my job better. 
I have loved being able to get up later in the morning and work out and get that done and out of the way. I loved saving money on gas and decreasing the amount of pollution I put into the environment by not having to drive to and from work every day. I love the fact that having not been able to really go away for a vacation has made me appreciate where I am more, coveting other places less and being okay not ticking off items on my bucket list of travel. There are a lot of good things that came out of the last few years and while I think that people had high hopes for 2022, it might not always have panned out exactly as everyone had wished. Looking forward, it's just a vast, unknown, blank slate. As Anne of Green Gables would say, so much scope for the imagination. Let's not waste time planning on losing X number of pounds or of going to the gym if you know in your heart of hearts that's unlikely to happen. Let's not worry about giving something up unless it's smoking or drinking or gambling too much, but focus more on getting more out of life. Get enough sleep, be active doing things you love, and spend less time scrolling, binge watching, or candy crushing. Get back to the hobbies that you enjoyed or take up new ones that you might have been thinking about for some time. Do your best at work, but if it doesn't make you happy, look for ways to switch gears. Find something different that you can be passionate and excited about. Life's too short. Daphne said in the car the other day, don't you hate it when people die? They were talking about David Bowie and Freddie Mercury and George Michael. I thought of Twitch and his sudden and shocking suicide. And I agree, death sucks. But I think that as I slide down the other half of my time on this earth, the idea of my own mortality looms a little larger. Those folks' lives that we were talking about, they were snuffed out way earlier than they should have been for a variety of reasons. There are fewer years ahead of me than behind me, and so I want to look back not just on 2023, but my whole life with as little regret as possible. A valuable lesson learned in episode 8. So while I still can, I will look forward. I will look ahead. I will try to be more open to new challenges, more open to being wrong and correcting my mistakes, more open to, as Daphne's godmother's tattoo says, loving fearlessly and perhaps more importantly, open to living fearlessly. As season three of Walking Alongside Perspectives draws to a close, I would like to thank you all for listening. I'm excited about what season four has in store. It will hopefully be a combination of monopods and guest episodes. And as always, I would love to hear any ideas that you might have for a topic or a conversation. As 2022 draws to a close, I hope that everyone has been able to enjoy the holiday season in one way or another and has had as good a year as they could have had under all the different circumstances that we find ourselves having to endure. But above all, I hope that 2023 will be full of new adventures, fantastic memories in the making, and lacking in regret in as much as that is possible. Take good care, and to quote my favorite doctor of the TARDIS, allons-y. Thanks for listening. If you have ideas for a topic, or even better, a perspective to share, I would love to hear them and share them, ideally in a conversation with you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and throw a comment my way or share with friends. For better or for worse, we're all in this together. We have exactly one world to share, so let's make it the best one it can be. Until next time, take good care. Ciao for now.